This is a previously recorded episode. This show is broadcasting live from Detroit Sound Studios above Activate Gaming and is part of the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. 12, 11, 10, 9, ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, What's up, Ranger fans? This is Steve Cardenas, a.k.a. Rocky the Red Power Ranger. Hey, this is Eugene Clark from Georgia Romero's Land of the Dead. Hey, this is Jason Font from Power Rangers Time Force. Hi, this is Mike Zapsick from AMC's Comic Book Men. And this is Ming Chen, also from AMC's Comic Book Men. You are listening to... And you're listening to... The Ninja Starship Podcast with Jimmy McKnight. A favorite podcast. It has begun! Oh, yeah! Woo! I am awesome! You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole is. What's up, everybody? Good afternoon. Welcome to episode 31 of the Ninja Starship Podcast. It is Sunday, January 31st, 5 o'clock, and we are live from Podcast Detroit Studios. It's the 31st on the 31st. That's pretty cool. That is, though. Hell yeah. Uh, Let's see. What do we got? Sponsors. This episode is sponsored by the Falling Down Beer Company in Warren, Michigan. Fueling this episode with Mother Cluster IPA. Uh, on the announcement board, we got Great Lakes Comic Con coming up February 26th through the 27th at Macomb Community College in Warren, Michigan. Doors are open at 5 p.m. on Friday. Guests include Jeff Lee, creator of Cubert, Larry Kenny, the voice of Lion O, WWE star Sergeant Slaughter, and comic talent like Seth the Moose, Bucky O'Hare creator Larry Hama, and Jason Moore. That's it for the announcements. Sitting in studio with me on the ones and twos is Jess. What's up? What's up, Jimmy? How you doing? I'm doing good. I'm good. about to go get you a beer. Thank you. Uh, also, all the way from L.A. for what, the fifth, fourth, fourth or fifth time? Third. Third? <laughs> nah, nah, no way. Aaron Coney. What's, what's up, up, buddy? What's going on, man? And from the top rope review, we got Mike and Will. What's going on, dudes? How's it going? We're doing all right. So, since you guys are here... This is pretty awesome. Let's uh, that Royal Rumble though. It was good. It was. It was. It was really, <laughs> it was really good. good. Yeah. It was really damn good. What uh, What was your favorite matches from it? I like that street fight with Kevin Owens and Dean Ambrose. That was pretty badass. That was, it was hard to top, but uh, I think it, it definitely. It was one of my favorites of the night. Yeah, I definitely thought the Rumble itself was good. Um, well, the Rumble's always good, but <laughs> yeah, I mean, but they could have went some pretty. They could have won some pretty bad ways with it, especially some of the bookings they have lately. Uh-huh. And they really turned the rumble around. So it was just the build-up they had going into it, and then what they ended up doing with it was was great. How old is uh, Chris Jericho? Do you guys know? 40-something? Yeah. 40 40 minutes, 40. What do you do? Yeah, 51 yeah. minutes? He ran 51 yeah. minutes Yeah, in the 51, and then he wrestled... Probably what fifteen minutes on Raw the next night. Yeah, the yeah, next dude, night. He's, wow. well, so, yeah, he's DDP he's, yoga. He's, yeah, he's that whole time, dude. <laughs> yeah, he's all about that DDP yoga now. Hell yeah, dude. Wow. dude. All right, that weak ass finish with Charlotte and Becky. Um, they're setting. I mean, I think they're just setting up some future stuff with those two. I don't know. They gotta get Charlotte out, out of the title picture, and they gotta put 
Sasha Banks and Becky, because those guys were just tear up the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Sasha came in there. I think they're going to do something with Sa- uh, Sha- Sasha and Charlotte pretty soon, so we'll we'll see what's. I'm really hoping that. that they're setting up a uh, triple threat match for WrestleMania. It's going to be Becky, Charlotte, and Sasha for the belt. Yeah, because with this Sasha say. thing coming up, man, Becky's almost like. It's almost like she is going to get it, but then they're going to push her away yeah. and just give it to Sasha, so which I, I hope doesn't happen. Becky's got a special place in my heart. Yeah, you know what I mean? And so, I mean, but that's, <laughs> that's, that's how it's going right now. It is, it's definitely teasing that Becky might get the title, but Sasha's now fully in the picture, which is good because she's phenomenal. Yeah, so. yeah she is. She's Snoop Dogg cousin. That's she right. Is. I learned that yeah. from you guys yeah. last week. She's Snoop Dogg's cousin, <laughs> which they never play it up. But I would not be surprised though if at WrestleMania. Is that real? Yeah, it's yeah. real. That's real. She Are used to. Sure? She used to. Yeah. So all the times that he would do like guest appearances on Raw or was like a guest host for <laughs> WrestleMania, she would beg him to take. Her, take her with him, and yeah. so like she would go like, growing up, going backstage, hanging out with Snoop Dogg at these WrestleMania events. That's super dope, and that, that's how she like it was like she was like fifteen or sixteen when she like decided she wanted to train to be a professional wrestler. She's I'm what twenty two now, something like that. Yeah, She's she like, like gotta be proud now then. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. yeah, I mean, she started when she was like I think seventeen or eighteen is when she went to wrestling school. So, yeah. man, uh, what else happened this week? Uh, Legend of Tomorrow two parter. <laughs> mm-hmm. You missed it. Aaron, he missed it. I, I made a lot of people mad <laughs> on Facebook, though. Why would you do So I, I did this. No, I did this the first episode. The second episode confirmed it more. So the people who make the show, they made Arrow and Flash and stuff, they're huge, huge Doctor Who fans. Uh-huh. And they've actually based how they tell their stories on how Doctor Who does their storytelling. Okay. And which is why they've cast three cast members from Doctor Who on the right. show. With Rip Hunter? Yeah. yeah and, and so, so and, and I, to me, it's like... Legends of Tomorrow is like an American remake of Doctor Who. And I, and I said, I was like, the show would be perfection once they do their Doctor Who crossover episode. It's like <laughs> it's like Doctor Who, but badass, though. It is yeah. the American version. Oh, like, they throw punches shit. and shit yeah, in this, you know? Exactly, and it, but yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a group of just random mythfits traveling around with this weird time-traveling guy right. who lost his family. Stole his spaceship. Wow. You know, yeah. it's like. When you paint it like that. <laughs> and the crazy thing is, I don't watch Doctor Who, but. Me neither. Everyone's like, you should. And I'm like, why would you say that? I, what makes me look like I should watch Doctor Who? I don't know. But I didn't watch it, and I probably should now that you bring it up. Yeah. Like that. That's dope. Yeah, I, uh, I really loved the twist. In that though, how it was like you were all legends, and I'm from the future, and all this, you know, build up, and then it's like, no, you're actually nothing. You guys are all mean nothing in the timeline. I completely lied. You're menacing. Your lives mean nothing. That's why I chose you. Like, damn. Because if you die, it doesn't affect anything. That just pulls your heart right out of the battle. It does, especially Ray Palmer. What's Ray Palmer? He like he's afraid of not being something. And that's that's all he wanted in life is to mean something. I'm a tech billionaire. I'm this. That's awful. Yeah, they're all gonna have like therapy after this. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I, from what I understand, the some spoilers coming up is that um, Stephen Amell is supposed to show up yeah. on, with no arm and a goatee. And a goatee. So they're yeah. finally gonna have him show yeah. the goatee, but he's got one arm less. Well, yeah, they they showed some promo pictures of it, so it looks like they're doing the the was it uh, the Dark Knight comics storyline of, oh, uh, of right, the Arrow. Right. You know, when he's goatee missing his arm because Superman ripped it off of him, yep. so. Right on. Well, everybody, you know, today we are talking to David Fielding, Zordon from Mighty Morphin. Actually, from the whole Zordon era. I'm not even going to label it just to Mighty Morphin. But 
He is on the show. We're going to take a quick break, connect with him. When we come back, David J. Fielding will be taking your calls shortly after that. Stay tuned. In a world where podcasts are here one day and gone the next, the people call on one man to bring them a show that would save the planet as we know it. This is not that guy. From Podcast Detroit and the Points of Interest Podcast Network comes a show that talks about Power Rangers, the macho man Randy Savage, movies and TV shows, comic books and more. Brought to you by the host with the most, Jimmy McKnight. The Ninja Starship with Jimmy McKnight is live 5 o'clock on Sundays on Podcast Detroit. Email the show ninjastarpod at gmail.com. Oh, yeah. Hey, what's up? This is Walter Jones. I'm hollering at you from the Ninja Starship Podcast. And I just want to uh, let's say what's going on. You know what? It's about to be that time. It's about to be morphin' time. Yes! I said yes! That is right! Am I right? Just say yes. Hey! My name's Johnny Utah! Who cares? Trust the fungus. on the Ninja Starship. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, please allow me to introduce the most iconic leader and mentor of the Power Rangers series, Mr. David J. Fielding. How are you, sir? Welcome to the show. I'm very good. Thank you for having me. Not a problem. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here. Let's, uh, before we get into the Power Rangers stuff and, and you know, people calling and everything, I kind of want to talk to you about life after Power Rangers because I okay. feel that's the part... From all the interviews that I watch of you, it's, it's really the part that's left out. Everyone wants to know about your Power Ranger stuff, but people are, are not too familiar that you're a writer now. That's correct. Yes, I'm a writer. And you happen to be published by huge friends of the show, Source Point Press. Yeah, yeah. Th- those guys uh, were actually uh, a couple of the uh, a couple of chapters from my superhero novel. They, they published those. And so uh, uh, they've been good friends for a number of years now. How did you connect with those guys? Um, I actually, a mutual, uh, well, I mean, a friend of mine from uh, my early days had mentioned uh, their page on Facebook and said that they, you know, were a publisher and they were looking for stories. So uh, I contacted them and and sent them um, some writing samples and stuff. And then um, 
uh, Josh and, and Trico both got in contact with me, and then I sent them a couple chapters uh, from my superhero novel uh, that they published in in their alter egos uh, anthologies, and so that was very that's how that uh, that happened. Yeah, I haven't met uh, Trico yet, but I have met Josh. He's a great guy. He actually did all of the uh, the logos and stuff for the show. Yeah, yeah, uh, we were supposed to be together uh, at a convention, uh, Title Town, but that that fell apart. So you know, we've been talking for a long time. You know how great it would be to finally meet at a convention, but hopefully right. that'll happen sometime. So, is your writing geared more towards horror style, or I'm I'm, unf- I'm unfamiliar with your work? How, what what kind of style do you write in? John, uh, well, I, I have I have an eclectic taste, so I, I write in a number of genres. Uh, Basically, under the umbrella of what I call speculative fiction, it's it's that sort of what if kind of genre. So I have a number of paranormal stories. I I've written superhero stories. I've written um, uh, like uh, pulp noir stories. Um, let's see what else. Uh, I, I wrote some zombie stories. Uh, so any anything that's that. Any geek or nerd would be into. That's the kind of stuff I write. So, That's us, uh, man. We're there. Yeah. <laughs> um, preaching to the choir. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, I grew up loving all that stuff. So I, I've been a fan since I was like four. So uh, anything that's related to science fiction, uh, superheroes, uh, weird west, any of that stuff, I, I'm into. So where do you kind of where do you look for your inspiration for your work since you kind of dabble into everything where do you where do you find your inspiration to say all right i'm gonna do this superhero story or i'm gonna do this zombie story where does it come from for you um I, I quite, there's a number of different sources i mean sometimes i'll read a headline and and that will spark an idea or i'll see something driving and that will start uh uh the creative juices flowing or something so um I'm trying to think of an example. Um, uh, let's see. Well, caught you off guard, Zordon. Here, here in Austin, we have a highway called 183, and uh, I, I just recently started thinking that that there's an interesting story uh, that involves Highway 183 uh, and has sort of a. Uh, paranormal aspect to it about because uh, Austin like any other larger city has a uh, number of homeless people and so I, I wonder you know start thinking about what would it be like if if the homeless people that live under highway 183 are actually there protecting us from hidden threats that we hmm. don't know about so that's, that's cool that's like a so that's the thing that's minimal. you know sparked my uh, imagination and, that, and that's something I'm working on right now were you always a fan of comic books? Oh yeah, uh, my mom has a story about me. We, we, uh, my father was in the air force, and my mother is English, so we lived over in England for a while. And uh, the house that we lived in at the time had a staircase leading to the second floor. My mom tells a story about me having to use the restroom and running up the stairs, uh, singing at the top of my lungs the the Batman theme. You know, Batman. So yeah, superheroes have always been a part of. No, 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 piss break. Exactly. <laughs> I awesome. noticed that about you, too, though, because <laughs> when we became friends and stuff on Facebook, I expected to see a lot of Power Rangers posts, but you weigh in on everything Marvel, everything DC, like Guardians. I'm like, David, hey, what does he know about that? So that's really cool. Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, having grown up with that stuff and, and being told, like so many of us, you know, by parents or authority figures, hey, you know, you need to put that stuff down, start, yeah. you know, 
taking part in the real world. And it's really nice to be able to see that stuff being taken so seriously and sort of been given the validation that, yes, what I was into and what I was reading is is legitimate. So it's very cool to be see that happening right now. One thousand percent. Yeah, things have really taken quite a switch. You know, right. I think 20 years ago, like you said, you know, it's like, put that down Put them funny books down and be a man. Right. You know, well, now it's like, hey, you can actually go work for a comic yeah. book company. That's a respectable job, son. Yeah. You know, right. like you didn't hear that 20 years ago. I mean, ago. even my dad, he's <laughs> jealous of like, he's like, you're, you're not even 30 and you've been around some of these places. And I'm like, because of Power Rangers. I like, <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, for the longest time, it was treated with such, um, with either low budgets or wasn't taken very seriously or the, the you know, the cartoons and, and that stuff really didn't really capture what what all of us were into. And right. and now to finally see all of that stuff really be uh, given the its its due is, is really, really nice. With that being said, uh, are you a fan of any of the TV shows that are currently running right now? Oh, I, I like all of them. I'm, I'm so bad about watching TV shows. I, <laughs> I spend so much time at my computer uh, writing and stuff, so I hardly sit down in front of the TV like I used to. Um, but uh, I, my friend Curtis Crick is, is one of the special effects artists that works on The Flash, and so uh, oh, I try to cool. catch that when I can. Um, uh, Supergirl, Peggy Carter is awesome. Uh, the Peggy fact that... Carter. That the studio is is putting effort into doing a period television show is just fantastic. I mean, if they did something that was with the invaders and the Howling Commandos, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I'd be giddy like a kid on Christmas. That would be awesome. But um, yeah, any, any anything that of that of that genre, I'd really like. I mean, I, I like to poke fun at the CW shows because. Mm-hmm. Um, the CW network is the network of the pretty people, and every, every <laughs> uh, uh, all of all of the people that they cast in those she- shows seem to be like, "Wow, you guys are genetic, genetically perfect." Right. Right. They get beaten with- for information, and they don't bleed. Right. Nothing like that. I'm in love with like three women off two shows. I'm like, <laughs> every they introduce someone else. Oh my god, I love her. Yeah, wow. that's yeah. that's that's why i love gotham because gotham is like oh they have the ugly people that's awesome you know because they they really sort of capture the the odd look or the or the this the yeah. off angular faces and stuff like that so i think that's really cool. it's funny though that you mentioned the cw because when you're talking about your current project you're working on about the homeless guys fighting each natural stuff in austin first thing i thought of was CW. i can see this be a cw show <laughs> <laughs> yeah um, so, uh, I mean, what kind of what what's your convention schedule looking like this year? I mean, you got a lot of dates planned for uh, uh, promoting your writing work, or, or what's going on? Uh, there's a, there's a couple of the coming up. I'm, I'm going to be on Odessa in March uh, and in uh, Weatherford in April. Uh, in June, I'll be in Phoenix and uh, Power Morphicon in August, and and I think there's some other things coming up, but they haven't been finalized yet. Right on. Um. So, being a fan of like early uh, uh, Tokusatsu, is that how they pronounce it right? Tokusatsu? I think so. Um, you know, like uh, uh, Johnny Sacco, Ultraman, Godzilla. When you Gigantor, got. Yeah. Gigant, yes. And you being a fan of that stuff, when you got the call back in, was it 90, late 92, early 93 to audition and, and actually got the part for Power Rangers, how stoked were you? 
Uh, well, when I got called in for the audition, uh, I really didn't know what the what the show was all about. <laughs> I, I was just um, my friend uh, who I had gone to my undergraduate college with, Stacy Fish. She was a uh, 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 an assistant uh, director uh, working with uh, the Saban company, doing a lot of their like directed video movies and stuff like that. And, but she was also uh, uh, the assistant or not assistant director, but assistant production manager or something like that on this pilot that they were shooting, mm-hmm. um, uh, which turned out to be uh, uh, the pilot for Power Rangers, which when I auditioned for it, it was called uh, Dino Rangers, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um and she said, hey, they're auditioning for this part, and I think you'd be really good for it once you come down. And I said, sure. And um, so I, di- I didn't really find out what it was going to be about until uh, I got to the audition and they told me about it. And uh, I got this huge grin on my face to think that, oh, man, <laughs> if I got to be on a show that was like Spectre Man or uh, Ultraman or something like that, I would just be like, wow, that's that's awesome. And uh, to know that you know the character – was sort of a Professor X type, mm-hmm. and then the show when it ran uh, initially ran on the network. It ran in the same in the, I think in that in that Power Hour. Yeah. It had Power Rangers, and then they had the X Men cartoons. And I was like, oh, I'm on the same channel with the X Men. That's freaking <laughs> that's awesome. So real. Yeah, that's, that's badass. Awesome. We're gonna start taking your calls. Uh, call in and talk to Zordon one two four eight five seven nine five two nine five. While some callers are coming in, um, how did it feel to? you know, play such an iconic role as Zordon? Um, well, it, it's kind of a blessing and a curse in a way, because uh-huh. uh, the way the, the the way that they did the character was that, of course, it's just his head. It's just his face. So um, there wasn't a whole lot I could actually do um, with the initial pilot script that we had. It was basically just um, a lot of exposition telling the characters who they were, what their powers were, and stuff like that. Uh, and then again, the way that they used the characters, they never filmed me again. They just recycled that footage over and over. So uh, all I could do was to go into the recording studio and try to imbue the lines with the same sort of mentally and fatherly tone that uh, was associated with the character. Yeah, they definitely stayed within budget by blurring <laughs> out your mouth and, and all that so they could just kind of use it over and over. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Baby. Well, we got our first caller. Uh, caller, go ahead. You're on the air on the Ninja Starship. Hi, it's Kevin. Kevin! How you doing, Kevin? I'm doing good. How are you guys? Pretty good. You're on the air with Zordon, Mr. David Fielding. What's your question? Um, I had to know, uh, what was the best uh, life lesson that you gave to the Rangers? Hey, Kevin. Uh, what was the best life lesson that I gave to the Rangers? Um, yeah. Uh, basically to uh, to not give up to you know to always uh, rely on one another to uh, help each other get through I mean that was for me one of the great lessons that the show had is that it wasn't just about one person it was about a team standing together and facing down whatever whatever came their way so I I think the the, the best message that Zordon ever you know gave them was like you know trust in your friends and and just don't give up Wow, that is that, that is definitely awesome. I think that was kind of like the embodiment of the movie in a couple episodes too, because like they would lose contact with you, or you were damn near dead, mm-hmm. and they had to you know kind of figure it out on their own and trust that what you taught them could get them through. So I think that's mm-hmm. well said, David. Yeah, very well said. Thank you. All right, thanks, Kevin. All right. 
Let's see. Uh, did you kind of feel a sense of responsibility to the character, being that it was such a mentor and, and father-like figure to these rangers? Did you feel a sense of responsibility, you know, delivering those lines that, you know, they had to have that ambiance to them? Um, well, at, at the time that we were doing the show, I mean, um, at, at that point, I don't think I was aware of the sort of impact that the character would have. Uh, all I was doing at that time was trying to uh, to uphold the, the, the long line tradition of characters that would, uh, you know, be the support system for the hero that would actually put himself in harm's way. Um, you know, there's... There's all uh, that type of character is, is all the way through literature and, and through myth and, and through other uh, superhero shows, too. I mean, so I just tried to do as my best to uh, create that same sort of here's the guy that believes in you. Here's the guy that that says, I chose you for a reason. So I believe in you and you should believe in yourself. That that's that's what I always tried to to put forth when I was doing the lines in the show. When you got booked in the show, did they give you any kind of info on in the background of the character? Or did you kind of learn about his history as the show went on as the viewers did? Well, uh, to be honest, I mean, I don't remember them ever ever really telling me uh, the, the history of the character. The only thing that I was ever told was that uh, 10,000 years ago, uh, he and Rita were involved in a war together and they mutually – uh, exiled themselves to these these places. She trapped him in a time warp, and and he exiled her into the dumpster. And that was basically the background. There, were, uh, as far as I know, there wasn't any discussion uh, about where he came from, how he got these power coins, how he uh, how he was just waiting for the right time, you know, to give these powers to these to these kids. That that was never really discussed. So, uh, you know, I, and I'm not sure if it's out there in in question. Can, canon history or not but i mean that would be an interesting thing for them to explore but you who think knows? you think that's something they'll explore in the reboot um it's interesting because uh zordon is uh um uh, something that's unique to the american version of power rangers there's not a zordon equivalent in the uh sentai series i mean the the series that power rangers was taken from they have barza which is uh sort of like a wizard <laughs> character who who helps them but uh there is no Zordon character, so um, uh, there. If if they do explore the character in the reboot, uh, it'd be interesting to see if they they show some of his background or whatever. Yeah. Did you uh, did you get to check out the uh, fan film Zordon of Eltar? Uh, yeah, I was actually a part of that. How? Oh, well, there I, there I go. <laughs> I, I knew that. Actually. Well, thanks for saving me. <laughs> what? Uh, forgive me, but what what part did you play? Uh, I was the voice of King Mondo. Okay, okay, right on. Um, how did you feel that that you know explained the the origin story? Did you did you like where they went with that? Uh, I thought Cisco did a really amazing job with that uh, that thing. Uh, for somebody who has no money uh, but uh, an amazing imagination and uh, a will to to make it happen and to have all those people join in and help out and uh, the special effects and and just sort of like explore uh, an aspect of the you know the first couple of seasons of power rangers that was never talked about before i i, I thought i thought it looked great uh, i was i was you know i had a grin from ear to ear when i was watching it and i was going oh this looks awesome <laughs> you know and and the fact that that zordon himself 
was a, a, a physical character, a fighter. I, I thought that was very cool, too. Yeah, that was awesome. They showed that he was, you know, not just a, a head in a tube the whole time. Yeah, and, and I, I think they did a good job as far as, like, uh, trying to uh, maintain the balance of here's a guy who is physically capable, but he's also much more of a uh, uh, intellectual and spiritual guy, too. I mean, he he's... Um, and and there's there's a great uh, tradition of that in martial arts too, as of uh, the fighter who is um, really good at what he does, but won't do anything unless he's pushed to the to the ultimate extreme. And and uh, I think that's that's another lesson that Power Rangers always taught. It's like you know it's it's the bigger man who's able to to walk away, um, and only fights when he actually has to. And and uh, Power Rangers is always a um, a show about people who are willing to defend, not attack. And um, so I, I think they did a really good job of, like, maintaining that uh, aspect of the of the character. I do, too, because even the Rangers themselves, they never morphed till they absolutely had to. Yeah. You see them fighting the putties by themselves and only till they were, you know, overcome with uh, yeah. adversity. <laughs> that uh, they were able, you know, then they had to morph and, and finally do it. So they, think, they did push that to the end. I think we even yeah. got that as kids, too. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and you know, a lot of you, it's, it's cheesy in, in one aspect that, you know, they, they have this code that they live by. But at the same time, I think it's a very important lesson that, you know, um, patience and, and um, being able to stand in the middle of adversity is, is a very admirable trait, so. It used to drive me nuts when I was a kid that they didn't beat up Bulk and Skull. I'm like, you let them pick on you every day knowing good and damn well you could kick their ass. Just end it. Right. But, I mean, <laughs> they were teaching me. So yeah. I just love that, the, that those two characters are the ones that continue on since so many of the series. <laughs> right, <laughs> they, right. They tie the well, whole universe together. Shout out to Paul Schreier. I think he's oh, the yeah. record holder. Yeah. Hell yeah. Uh, For mo- most episodes? he did, like, I think he did original <laughs> part. No, not even Skull. Bulk. Who's the yeah. fat one? I yeah, the fat one. Boom, yeah. Boom, boom. yeah, but he it's, did. It's, um, it. boom, boom. <laughs> I love it. It's it's great to see the arc of those characters because they they have the greatest arc of any of the characters in the show because they start off you know as as these immature <laughs> right. bullies and stuff but at the end and you know they're they're just as heroic as the Power Rangers and so that's that's a great character arc for those guys. They did a lot of different changing in that series. Just the I mean they went from punks like you said to cops. They helped out in the movie. They worked. And they for were Tommy. working for Tommy yeah. and Forever Red. <laughs> and then he's back doing crazy things in Samurai. It was just like, man, these guys. Yeah. We're still taking your calls. One two four eight five seven nine five two nine five. Call in and speak with Zordon himself, Mr. David Fielding. Uh, little known fact, uh, you actually, Zordon wasn't the original name of your character. No, that is correct. You, it was Zoltar, correct? Correct. Uh, the, uh, in the original script, uh, the character was called Zoltar, yeah. Why did they change that? Um, well, I think somebody pointed out while they were on set that Zoltar was also the name of the um, fortune-telling booth from the movie Big. <laughs> and so... Um, they they didn't want to get into any sort of like copyright issues and stuff, so I think they changed it because of that. When you did the the voiceover work, did you get to work with uh, uh, what's it? Scott Page Pactor? No, no, um, Rita 
Barbara Goodson. Oh, Barbara Goodson. Yeah, yeah, Barbara Goodson. Did you get to work with her at all, like face to face, or or no? Uh, I think there were a couple of times when we passed each other in in the hall, and and uh, there were a number of times when uh, a, a couple of us were in the booth because we also provided uh, background noises and and grunts and stuff for. Uh, monsters and the putties and stuff I, I remember being in the booth with a couple of the other voice actors um uh richard horovitz most notably the guy the guy who voiced alpha five and we would sit there and we would do putty noises you know <laughs> but um but yeah i uh barbara and i have talked uh, quite a bit over the last couple of years since i connected with her back in 2014 uh at power did you ever cross paths with uh brian cranston uh, no, unfortunately, I think I think he did voices after I had already left LA. Oh, okay, Billy Cranston. That's right. That's right. Um, so, how many episodes did you voice Zordon for? Because I know it was eventually taken over by uh, Robert Manahan. Correct. Uh, I did uh, voices for thirty-one episodes. Thirty-one episodes. Okay. Yeah, Calam- Calamity Kimberly is the last one I did voices for. Okay. I remember that title. I have no idea what the episode. Right. Is. I know it's some got to be somewhere around that that two-parter Doomsday with Tommy. <sighs> this is my favorite episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right Return on. Of an old friend. That's it. Uh, and then they used your face for the whole time, though. Correct. The entire that time. It- yeah, that is correct. Uh, all the way up until Andrew shattered the tube, they used my face. Wow. So how weird was that to see your face with someone else's voice coming out of it? Did you ever have any animosity? Like, I could do that better. <laughs> I'm Zordon. No, uh, no actually, I, I didn't. I, I, I thought it was very... Uh, well, after after I left a, I, L- L.A., I, I sort of lost touch with the show and, and didn't... I, I was off doing some other things. I was uh, doing acting in Pittsburgh and doing voiceovers and getting into video games and uh, uh, starting to write some more. So I sort of lost touch. It wasn't until like 2008, 2009 when I started to get uh, uh, friends on, on Facebook saying, hey, I had somebody who was asking about, you know, where, what's going on with the show and then digging into it and finding out that it was still going on. I was like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. And then... Um, uh, it was a little um, disappointing uh, to know that you know my face <laughs> was on so many toys and trading cards, yeah. and I, I never saw a penny of that. Ugh. So I mean, it was. Uh, but at the same time, it, it's also very um, humbling uh, to be part of pop culture in that way. To to sort of like be a part of um, the nation's collective consciousness, and and so you know. Uh, the money, the money doesn't really matter. It's just you know being you know the fact that the show and the characters uh, had such a positive impact for a lot of people. I think that's that's made me much more richer than I deserve. So, well, you still won. I mean, even though you know it wasn't your voice anymore, it was still your face. So that's what everybody remembers. It's oh, you're that's Zordon. Very true. You are Zordon. I got yeah. a question though. Um, so you didn't have to go back in and reshoot because. I don't know if you guys watched, but like in Mighty Morphin, it was just a flat, you know, two face kind of thing. But as like Zio came around and stuff, mm-hmm. the head like evolved more, and you like saw it more three yeah. D and stuff. It was actually really cool. Right, I, I think they were very smart when they when they filmed it because the footage that's used in the show is the same footage that we shot for the pilot, and they shot wow. me uh, from three different angles um, so that they could cover enough of the footage. Um, at the time when they when they did that, I wasn't aware of why they were doing that. But uh, once the show got picked up, and they and I was like, "Oh, great! When do I report to set?" And they're like, "Oh, well, 
Uh, we, we've already got all the footage we need of you. We're not going to. I was like, oh, that kind of sucks. Um, but yeah, and and as the film technology and as the budget for the show increased from season to season, they were able to take that footage and manipulate it digitally so that you could see him from the side or or see more more of his head rather than just the the flat front that they showed in the first season or so. Did you get to spend any time on set interacting with the Rangers? Uh, no, uh, I actually uh, after at the beginning, uh, I think it's early '93. Uh, I was still looking for work, and they, I actually got hired to work at Saban in their mailroom. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. <laughs> uh, but and that, that's how I got to visit the set. But uh, none of the actors were actually there the day that I visited the the Juice Bar set. They were all out. Uh, in some park, uh, kicking putties in the face or something like that. That's cool. Did you ever think about going and getting your job back at the mailroom so you could answer your own fan mail? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Uh, I don't think that many Love people it. write uh, fan <laughs> mail to Zordon. Uh, uh, I think Jason and Kimberly and all the other Rangers they get fan mail. Zordon just gets you know the random email every now and then. <laughs> That's so funny. I applied to Saban Brands for a graphic designer job and I didn't yeah. get it either. So I just, the irony in that, but yeah. <laughs> whatever. What is still such like a hugely loved character? I mean, uh, d- did you see the cosplay? The guy that uh, did your cosplay at what? It was Morphicon fourteen. Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, uh, Nelly boy. Uh, yes. You know, uh, I actually, when he came over, uh, I said, do you, "Would you mind if I wore it?" And he he got this big grin on his face and he took it off. And <laughs> Uh, I put it on and did the voice, and he freaked out. And uh, so, yeah, there's a there's an image of that out there somewhere of of me wearing it. But yeah, it was great. It was awesome. David's like, do you mind just standing at my booth for a few hours? <laughs> <laughs> he put some work into that, man. That was imaginative. I mean, he had all the toys and that was perfect. All the flip heads. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I mean, because you know, I, I, when I think about it, it's like oh, that, you can't cosplay Zordon. How do you cosplay that? And he, you know, he came up with this fantastic idea of you know all the Rangers down in front of him and stuff that was great you could cosplay the movie just like paint your face white and then put a big trash bag over your body tater sack lay there <laughs> get my drake sweater on so do you follow uh the original sentai series at all are you, are you a fan of, of any of that work coming out uh, I've seen I've seen a bit of it, yeah. I mean, uh, I was a huge Ultraman fan uh, when I was growing up. So I mean, um, I, I I don't again. I'm so bad at at, at watching series all the way through. I, I'll catch an episode here and an episode there, um, but it's always so cool to see you know the different takes on it. And and uh, it's been on what? How many seasons have they done the Sentai now? It's been since 1976 or something yeah. like that. Yeah, there was like, what, I think, f- what, 15 or 16 before Mighty Morphin? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, so there's so much of that stuff. And um, it it's really great to, to see uh, how it changes from year to year. There is a lot of similarities between, like, the early uh, tokusatsu and, and uh, you know, Power Rangers. Like, even when you look back at Johnny Sacco with the, the missiles that came out of the finger of, of Johnny yep. Sacco's robot are the same that come out of the fingers of the Dragon Zord. Right. So it's like they had the right formula, and it was working. And then the moment that that got brought to America, it, it just exploded. I mean, yeah. at least in the way it did. Like, well, they had Ultraman. They had that stuff. We saw that, but it didn't really connect till you saw the kids. Yeah. That's when it was like, oh, this is for me. I'm all about this. Yeah. And that's right. the, you know, the phenomenon that ensued after. And I think 
one thing that we did, maybe even better than them, is like over there in Japan, they just change them out every year like we do mm -hmm. now. But back then, we didn't do that. Like we right. had the same teenagers that we fell in love with, and they just got new powers and it evolved. But it was still the same people that we love, and I think that was instrumental in our success. Rather mm -hmm. than because from the beginning. They had just been cycling them out every year. We mm -hmm. never really would have fell in love with a Tommy or a Jason or a Zach or something. You know what right. I mean? Right. Especially how they uh, converted uh, Dire Ranger into yeah. the second season. Exactly. And it's like, do you think that if they would have changed those costumes, every we would have, yeah, we would not have, have, yeah. have kept that love for them. Yeah. It's like, well, this is it new. It was probably too like early to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. So. What are your feelings on that? Well, uh, I do like the, the, the aspect that they changed them out periodically uh, because yeah. I think what the message that sends is that hey, you could be a Power Ranger, too. Right. Uh, you know, it, it's, it's sort of, you know, the passing of the torch uh, uh, kind of thing and, and bringing as many people into the family as possible. So I, I think that's very cool. But, uh, you know, it's a good point that um, uh, getting back to, to comic books and superheroes, I mean, because uh, <laughs> when you talk about Captain America, Captain America is Steve Rogers. Right. And... Um, when you change it, and I, I love Sam Wilson. I think Sam Wilson is is a is a badass character. Uh, but when you say Sam Wilson, Captain America, it's, it's not really Captain. Doesn't America. have that same right. oomph behind it. So uh, when you when you say Red Ranger, you know, yeah, nor, you know, the name Jason immediately pops to mind, or Rocky, you know. So right, but even just yeah, the iconic, you know, Red Ranger period that's lasted throughout twenty something years. Like it's an honor to be the Red Ranger now because you know what it means, you know, what it represents. Right. I, I do think, though, that switching them out every so often helps has helped continue the franchise for so long. Because you get these new viewers coming in and it's, you know, this form of Power Rangers team, that's my team, you know. And yeah. so it's very, like, me, like, my team's the original lineup, you know. But yeah. I've, seen, I've seen bits and pieces of, of stuff beyond that, but still... You know the Red Ranger. The you know I, it's the original lineup. I always think of. Yeah, me too. Me too. And that, so. that's the one I connect with the most too. And it's always my favorite. Every time I see something with Rangers, I'm like, it's them first. You yeah. know, yeah. no matter what. I, I love. Don't get me wrong. There's other seasons that I absolutely loved, like Zio. Okay, Zio was phenomenal, but it didn't have that same. Nostalgic feeling that Mighty Morphin had. Yeah, you, know? you ask anyone who's between like 32 and 27, and they're all going to say they wanted to be Tommy and they wanted to marry Kimberly. I used to fight you know? kids on recess to play Tommy. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, there's always a debate too. Who was was he better when he was the Green Ranger? Or was he better when he was the White Ranger? Which is you know? clearly the Green. Is the answer to that question. But um, that's so funny though, because I think that's like the frustration of every like new ranger after that because I'll be like yeah I work with the Power Rangers I'm mainly the blue one Billy? I'm like oh no, no not no, Billy no, no. Oh, Zach? Oh, I'm like see, no not Zach <laughs> that, that's, I, that's I think is another aspect of Power Rangers that, that doesn't get talked about a lot is that um, the fact that they were five different colors um, you know people make fun of that and, and College Humor did that, that wonderful thing about Zordon being a racist and, and <laughs> I wasn't going to bring uh, it up <laughs> So, but uh, what I what I really like about it is the fact that uh, it, it could be it could be anybody under those helmets, anybody under those colors, and so what that tells people is that you know we're colorless. We we there are no lines, there are no distinctions. It's it's we're all Power Rangers, and yeah. and I think that's that's a message that gets overlooked a lot. 
Yeah, but it's a phenomenal message too, especially for young kids. You know, yeah. like when when like we were saying earlier, when you watch this show, especially at our age, it was so influential that you know, and the 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 whole message of teamwork was so profound in the entire series. You know, they really did emulate that to everybody. And it just showed you too you can be friends for anyone, you know. Right, right. Because the, the, the original Power Rangers team was so diverse in who they were. They kind of had the, the nerd, they had the jock, but they had, you know they had the the pretty girl, they had the smart girl. But it was all just them together as best friends. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. uh huh. Well, last year, last year too. about this time, I think that's when uh, Addie Shankar and Joseph Kahn did their uh, dark and gritty. The Power reboot. slash Rangers film that came out, and um, the one thing that I think that they got right about that film was that if you want to defeat the Power Rangers, you take them out one at a time. True. Because if you try to fight them as a team, you're never going to win. Right. I never thought about that. Me neither. Until you said awesome. that, oh my god, that just made it that much cooler. <laughs> like the strategy is all wrong, Zed, Rita. <laughs> Yeah, I, think, I mean it's it's always about we you know and and Bulk and Skull the same way. It's we need to find out who the Power Rangers are. It's not like we need to find out who the Blue Ranger is. Right. Uh, it's it's you know if once you can if you try to confront them as a team, it's lose. over with. You're you're going to lose. I mean, that's, Megazord power and you're done. That's been proven <laughs> week after week, episode after episode, for eight hundred yeah. plus episodes. <laughs> the same formula, and we ate it up like Apple every day. Yeah. Same thing. You uh you previously, what ten minutes? Okay, you previously mentioned uh, we had a, you had a passing of the torch moment. Did you have one with uh, Robert Manahan when when that switched, or how was how was the transition from your voice work to his? Um, that was all, that was all handed behind the scenes. I, I never met Robert, unfortunately. Um, uh, but uh, I, I thought what he did with the character, trying to to match the the same type of tone and and. Uh, the bass quality that I had in the voice, I thought he did an awesome job. But that was all handled behind the scenes. I, I never met him, unfortunately. Right on. David, it was an absolute pleasure to have you on, sir. Thank you so very much for oh, uh, for being on and, and talking with us. It was great to have you on and hope to do it again very shortly. Okay. Um, before you go, give everybody your uh, your information on how they can uh, find you, what, uh, what you're going to, you know, cons and everything like that. Sure. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Zordon2012. You can uh, follow me on Facebook at Zordon2012. Uh, my Instagram is DJFZordon. Um, and that's where I'll post all information about upcoming appearances, uh, stories that I'm working on, writing, uh, stuff that's getting published. And that's how you can get a hold of me. All right. It was a dream come true to talk to you, sir. Thank you very much for being a guest. All righty. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Later, David. We're going to take a break. We will be right back with more on the Ninja Starship. Sky is the limit for the Macho Man Randy Savage. And if I can reach up in the air and grab a passing star and hold it in my hand and have that power for those seconds, yeah. Captain John Carter. Virginia. Virginia. I simply love what you've done with this place. Heavy metal meets house and garden. <laughs> Listen, I mean, the Power Rangers are a team. No one's more or less important than anyone else. This is a previously recorded episode. All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for tuning in. I would like to say special thanks to everybody in studio. Jess. 
You did a wonderful job. Thank you, Jimmy. I promise I'm not shitty today. Okay, I'm going to give you a big hug. You, need a, you look like you need a hug. Special thanks to Aaron for stopping by. I need a hug, too. You're always, get off my Kool-Aid, dog. Shameless, shameless. Uh, big thanks to Will and Mike from the Top Rope Review. Uh, if you just now tuned in and you missed the show, be sure to download it on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or your favorite podcast listening app. Please leave us some iTunes reviews because those are super important. And check us out on social media, Ninja Star Pod, all one word on the Facebooks, Instagrams, and Twitters, and also on Podcast Detroit and the Points of Interest Podcast Network. Stay tuned for the best coverage of professional wrestling, the Top Rope Review, up next on Podcast Detroit. Until next week, Starship fans, that's the show. This is a previously recorded episode of